There is nothing like a rock-solid example of something you believe in working like gangbusters in somebody else's business. There really isn't. So when I connected with Stephanie Feger about her capsule podcast strategy and how she uses hyper-specific and thoroughly planned out episodes and seasons to teach and engage current and future clients, I wanted to jump up and down which you're probably going to hear in our conversation because this is exactly the kind of use case that we want to see for audience engagement podcasts, which, as I'm sure you know by now, are one of the three and a half high-level podcast blueprints you can use for your business show. The hallmark of an audience engagement show is that it's designed to connect with and serve in some way people who are already aware of you. Now, they can be confirmed longtime members of your community, or they can be people that you are just meeting and using the podcast to help teach, instruct, build, and connect within a new relationship. This is just one of the many exciting things we chatted about. We also got into content planning strategies, the value of presentation and speaking skills, and lots of other cool things that are happening right now. And this is all today on the Business Podcast Blueprint Show. Stephanie, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you taking the time. Oh my gosh. Anytime I can come on and talk about the stuff we're about to talk about, I'm always saying yes. <laughs> thank you for having me. I am very excited because you've used a term in the podcasting kind of sphere that I haven't heard before, which doesn't happen terribly often these days. So I'm super, super excited to get into it. But we're not going to say what it is yet because first I would like you to tell me, is there a podcast that you would love to listen to, but to the best of your knowledge, it does not yet exist in the known world? I'm going to put the caveat that it People probably think it does exist, but it, if it does, it's not real. So this is like kind of that thing that I, everybody wishes they had, but it's not feasible, but maybe somebody mm -hmm. will figure it out. It's a podcast on how to truly, really have balance in life. And I'm telling you, mm -hmm. there are going to be podcasts out there who say that there is and they know and all that loveliness. But the reality is, is balance is literally not possible, but I would love a podcast that could like open the door and unleash the fact that balance is truly possible. I had a dear friend tell me one day, you can do everything, just not everything right now. And the type of balance you're looking for just in life and work life and business and family and parenting and all that friendships, let's add that mm -hmm. to the mix. You know, every layer of hat we wear, real balance isn't possible in a day. It's possible over time. And so some days you pour more energy in one over the other. But when you ask that question, immediately I go, ah, the secret to the real balance of life, real balance. I don't think it's out there. It sounds like you could run that podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> don't you have to be like living proof of it to be able to run it? <laughs> because I don't think I'm living proof of it. <laughs> I always pictured, do you ever play The Sims? Yes, I did. The Sims game? I always yes. thought of it as when things are a little too stressful or unbalanced, you say, thinking about it, like having those little icons for like hygiene and friends and social and professional. And it's like, okay, I'm getting really low on professional, but my social is great. So, okay, let's focus. <laughs> I don't know if you do this, but I always every year pick a, a word of the year just to keep me focused. Mm -hmm. This year, when I was debating my word, a dear friend of mine, I kind of consider her as like my go-to in the mastermind space. You know, she knows me. She loves me. All parts of me, even mm -hmm. the crazy parts. And I told her, I said, I think my word this year is balance. And she laughed. She goes, pick another word. And I'm like, why? And she goes, <laughs> nothing like a friend who will tell you the truth, right? Like, <laughs> Seriously, we need a friend like that. And Sandy is my friend like that. She goes, pick another word, Stephanie, because at the end of the year, you'll be mad because you can't do it. It's literally not fully possible. So before I chatted with her, I'd actually created a graph. I mean, this is how my brain works. 
And I was like, here are the four parts of me. And I want every day to feel like I'm full in each of those. And she's like, it won't happen. You can't. But that doesn't mean you're not balanced. At the end of the year, or the end of the day, or the end of the week or month, if you can look back and feel like those four parts have been poured into, then possibly you'll feel good. But if you have that word, because she knows me, she's like, you will be focused on balance daily. And it's just not feasible. So I picked peace instead. Peace is my word of the year. She said, you can find peace. I'm like, yeah, okay. No, I like that. I like that. No, it means, well, there's only so much you can do on a day-to-day basis, right? And it is word of the year, not word of the day. Exactly. You know, the first time I did this, I think the word that I picked for the year was try. And if anybody Mm -hmm. hasn't done that, ever picked a word of the year, that's a good word. You can steal mine because try is an actual verb. And I realized a word of the year is really just meant to keep you focused. And I picked try because I needed to focus on the action of doing like a movement, not an outcome. And so try to me was every day you wake up and if you don't know what you're doing or if you come across a hurdle, just try, just try. And by the end of the year, when I looked back, I thought, wow, everything in life and in business and anything you want to do, if you just focus on the verb, the action, you won't get hung up on the outcome. The outcome will come, but the action will help you get there. Very cool. I like that. And I like the gentleness of that too. It's really, really lovely. (laughs) We all need some grace. (laughs) I've never been a word of the year person. I always think, oh, that's a good idea. I should give that a try and kind of make that a thing. I can't commit to a year. I can do quarter by quarter. And I often do. Like the quarter we're in right now is structure. And it's adding a lot more structure to our business and the things that we're doing. And I'm really enjoying that. But yeah, a year's uh, year's too much. (laughs) And to me, like the thought of doing a quarter one, I'd be like, oh my gosh, there's so much pressure to get done. And I find that it's just like a thread throughout the year. So I have a little, I don't know if you can see it, but I have a little plaque over here that Mm -hmm. says peace. And that's a new thing. So I'm getting it to where I can visually see it. And it just reminds me throughout the year, how am I doing? Hmm, Okay. That doesn't mean I don't change priorities. Like structure is a beautiful priority that can help bring me peace. Oh, within structure, less peace. Absolutely. I I know. So yeah, it was just one of those things where I'm like, oh, good fun. No balance. At the risk of unbalancing our conversation just slightly, I would like to focus on the work quadrant just a little bit. So I know that you are a podcaster among the many other things that you do within your business and for your clients. So I'd love for you to just talk about kind of at the outset what your show is and then how it supports your business and how your business supports your podcast and vice versa. Absolutely. And this is a conversation that I've never been asked before, but I'm pumped to tell because I've put so much thought into the evolution of my podcast. So I'm a relational human by trade. I love talking with people, I love connecting with people, and I don't like to live in a box. So all that bundled up meant podcasting was a great avenue in my life. I've always Mm -hmm. wanted to podcast, right? Like I've just loved the ability to have, you know, I could talk to a wall and, you know, as podcasters, we many times do in the closet, right? That's what we do. (laughs) I have always wanted to podcast. And a couple of years ago, I thought I'm I'm ready for it. And I interviewed an author and I'll connect the dots here in a second, but I interviewed an author. I'm like, this is going to be great. And I got off it and I was like, this is awful. This is not feel good. This is not right. Why am I doing this? the author was lovely. It's nothing against them. It just didn't feel right. It didn't have meaning. Okay. It just mm-hmm. felt like I'll just interview authors because I work in the author space. I'm like that sounds great. Yep. And then I stopped. I'm like, nope. So that's the exact line. I think a lot of people take, you know, especially for a business podcast, like, okay, I'm in this industry. I'm going to interview people in this industry. That's how we're going to go. Nope. 
listeners, if this is you, you're not alone, but you're not right. Please continue. Exactly. Well, and that's it. And so quickly I realized this is a time suck. Podcasting is not a quick thing. It is not a easy investment, investment in financial and time investment. If I'm going to do it, I needed to do it right. And I need to do it with meaning and purpose. So I stopped and I thought, man, I really like connecting and being relational. And I really like the platform, but I'm just going to wait until it makes sense. And so I had this epiphany in, it was actually a year ago this month. So happy anniversary, June. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was, I think I was in June of 2021. It hit me like a ton of bricks, which is how my brain normally works is it's like, Stephanie, it's time you've noodled on it and it's ready. The chicken is marinated. It's time to eat it, you know? (laughs) And I had this epiphany. I'm like, I understand now how a podcast can fit into the work I want to do. And weirdly enough, I ran into somebody on LinkedIn through a connection who actually was a podcast producer, podcast editor, producer, who does a thing called a capsule podcast. She runs a business called Capsule Podcast. And we connected. And it was this clarity I had of mixing this epiphany I had and how a podcast would be part of my business with this piece, using my word of the year, with this piece of realizing that podcasting doesn't have to feel like a massive hike up a mountain, that you can look at things in a different purview, that just because what you see doesn't mean that has to be what it is. So that conversation kind of helped me breathe life into the Empowered Author Podcast. So the Empowered Author Podcast idea that I had stemmed a little over a year ago, where I realized I don't want a podcast that just does everything. I want a podcast that does a handful of things that provides meaningful ways for me to connect with authors. So I am a Mm -hmm. author myself. I have a background in PR marketing and communications, and I found a way to blend the needs that nonfiction authors have in the world with helping authors understand the power of their message, but also how to market their books. That is like a missing link in Mm -hmm. my industry. And so I wanted to share that expertise with other authors out there. It hit me. I have oodles of resources and I have lots of knowledge, but I also have created a team of industry experts where we help authors bring all of these marketing kind of elements to life. So this epiphany I had, and then the Caps podcast idea merged it was my podcast actually is not one that has guests, normal guests. If you listen to it, you might hear a guest here or there, which is awesome but they're methodical. Anybody that pitches themselves to be on my podcast, I always giggle because I'm like, you haven't listened to it because I don't accept guest pitches. That is not the strategy of my podcast. My podcast is truly a business strategy. It is truly baked in how I do business. It is meant to actually not do lead generation. It's not really meant to do that. It's meant to add value to the people who are thinking about how to work with us And it's meant to be baked into how our processes work. So, Mm -hmm. of course, there are some DIYers, DIY authors out there who want to take advantage of every bit of marketing goodness they can. And I'm loving that I have a podcast that gives them enough to run with. Let's dig into that a little bit more, actually. So let's really, really focus on kind of the connection between the work that you do and the podcast that you have. So you say it is a business strategy. What's the business strategy of the podcast in really, really plain terms? Yep. So my business is a marketing, coaching, and support business for nonfiction authors. 
So we look Mm -hmm. at the podcast in seasons based on the type of marketing work that we do. So every season is in alignment with a element that an author may or may not need. For instance, we have a season on how to write a marketable book. And so if an author is ready and doesn't know what to do, I have six episodes. Here you go. Run. And by the way, I have a program that can help you do this. Or if you need a piece of a marketing need for authors is author branding. So myself and our brand expert have a podcast, six episodes. You ready for a brand? Here you go. Of course, the outcome is we can help you. Brilliant. I love that. So you've got six of these. Is that a fake accompli? Have you kind of done all of the capsules or seasons that you'd like to have? Or do you no. know you've got more coming? No, no, no. <laughs> no, that's the thing that's crazy. I, so I look at everything in six episodes because that's not scary. Six isn't scary. It is a nice approachable number. It is. It allows me to dig deep in a topic. So mm-hmm. some episodes, if you listen to other podcasts, might only give you like scratch the surface on one episode, mm-hmm. but we go deep in six. So it feels really value focused. But no, the unfortunate reality is I look at my podcast schedule and I probably have another two or three years of ideas already. Like it's ridiculous of what I want to do. So even though it's packaged in six episodes, my podcasts actually run nonstop. So we do one a week Mm -hmm. and it releases. But because it's packaged in a seasonal approach, let's say Christmas happens. My listeners give me flexibility. They aren't expecting it weekly, even Mm -hmm. though that's how I'm doing it right now. But no. Every time we do one, I'm like, I got another idea. (laughs) How are you using them with that kind of pool of people you have that are thinking, okay, maybe I can use the service or maybe I'm ready to solve this problem in my business or with my work. So how do you direct people to engage with your podcast? It's a part of my onboarding process and it's a part of Hmm. when people find me and I am cultivating a lead. So when someone comes in, it's part of my process. We have a 15 minute chat. I share a little bit about myself. And I kind of identify the nuggets of what they need next. And then I have a follow-up message kind of crafted and I can drop things in. And one of those things is depending upon our topic, let's say they showed interest in understanding how social media works or what an author platform's about or whatever, pick something. If I have a season done, I'm like, you know what? And by the way, take a deep dive in season eight. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Let me know if you have any questions. So then it's really nice because I don't have to do all that talking. I've already done it. I did it once. And now these people can now understand that I'm a trusted resource for them. They've just got yeah. six episodes. And when we're ready to work together, I'm not having to spend my energy talking about the specifics. I can talk about their work. It's awesome. I freaking love it. <laughs> I just got a hint from what you were saying that it sounds like you've got well-organized processes and systems on the back end. You got it, girl. It took a while, but yes. <laughs> I yes. love to hear that. <laughs> yes, of course, we can always improve. There's always improvements that we can do. But I've got myself and there's a team of three of us that are like our core team and we know who does what. And we just oh, kind of make it happen. And you can also do it on your own. I mean, I will be honest. I do a lot of my own podcast editing nowadays just because mm-hmm. like, you know, I mean, you don't have to. You can use someone. I have done both, but I can do that. There's just kind of steps in the process, but we also now make sure that our seasons are in alignment with our business's focal points throughout the year. Mm -hmm. So I have, you know, a book that's forthcoming. We will make sure that the message of the season will align with the book. And so it's a business strategy. It's not Mm -hmm. this off the wind, I'm going to interview somebody. If I interview someone nowadays, it's an author that's a client of mine that is now a case study that I can use as a testimonial. We call those demonstrative shows. 
There you go, girl. I love it. (laughs) I love it. But that's what it is, right? It's no, it's exactly. Yeah. You know, on-air coaching or something, I'm using it to align with my business. Oh, that's fantastic. We'll be right back in just a moment. And now back to the show. What kind of responses do you get from your audience who's listening to it? What's the kind of the the type of feedback that they get from the show itself, but also the way you use it to kind of nurture them and give them the the information they need? Like, how do people respond when that happens? Oh, my gosh. Well, first of all, they just think it's really cool. Everybody thinks it's cool when you are. Yeah. I had one person go when I chatted. Actually, they listened to a podcast before we got on our first discovery call. And she was talking about things about my life. And I'm like, how do you know that? She's like, you've been in my ears for the last two weeks. I was like, fantastic. But the feedback I'm getting is that when people are listening, they become loyalists. So they then Mm -hmm. can't wait and they're looking forward to it. They also find that I'm very relatable. And so when we get on the phone, whether it's on the phone and or if it's conversion time in business, they realize Mm -hmm. I'm a person that gives. And when I give, they will get. And sometimes they take that and run with it. And that's fine. Other times they want additional support. But I've also gotten really good feedback on quality and quantity of content I'm sharing. That actually a lot of people in my space don't go so deep. And Mm -hmm. authors appreciate that it's bite-sized nuggets over six weeks on a topic. And sometimes they'll binge. It's always fun to go look at the stats and the analytics and see, oh, somebody binged today. Oh, yeah. But here's another thing I just want to note, too. My metrics are not on number of downloads. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask you about your metrics. Yeah, a lot of people get hung up on that. And I don't. The podcast has been around for a year. And I think I have, I don't know, 1,500 downloads. So it's not a ton. Some people would want that in a week. What are you judging success on for your own show? Business numbers. Business numbers. Oh, yep. Yep. I knew I was going to like you. I saw your website. (laughs) I looked at your business. I'm like, we're going to get along. This girl's got it. (laughs) But it's true, right? If anybody else saw 1,500 downloads and they would be all bummed, I'm like, are you kidding? That's 1,500 conversations I didn't have to have. That's Mm -hmm. 1,500 people that, well, not, you know, but 1,500 opportunities to talk about something. And my business has almost doubled, if not tripled in growth over the year. Yeah, podcast is working. And that's exactly the right way to be looking at it too, because we have shows that are, you know, equally tiny in terms of downloads, but they've seen over the course of say their year, 18 months of podcasting that their sales cycle has gone from six months to two. And that's how long it takes to close a new client. Now, like that kind of thing is so much more meaningful, especially for a business podcast. Yes. Uh, Yeah, absolutely wonderful. And I can also tell that the people who are listening are listening consistently. Every time an episode goes out, I am seeing consistent numbers. And then I'm seeing... When a new person comes in, I'm seeing the ones on the back end that are getting more downloads. It's also nice because it's identifying within my business the type of things that people are most interested in, which is driving my Mm -hmm. content, my speaking, professional speaking topics, what I'm posting as a priority on the website and how I'm leading my discovery calls because I'm noticing people are interested in success metrics for books and they're actually weirdly interested in the author brand. They don't understand it. So my podcast now is almost like an opportunity for me to test out if a topic is of relevance to my market. Oh, it's fantastic. I may be using a, you as a case study, if you won't mind someone that you're not working with being like, look, look at how this is being done. Look at how that should be used. Do it, do Beautiful. it. I love it. Let's talk about the, the planning a little bit because I mean, you're not, again, as you say, kind of approaching this willy-nilly. I'll talk to whoever will get on the phone with me, you know, with the hopes of maybe turning that into business. But you know, you are planning over the course of a year what you're going to be talking about when. So 
how do you structure that kind of when do you make those plans for, okay, you know, quarter one, we're going to be talking about this because this is happening. How does that work for you in your business? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm constantly improving this process because I am what is called a quick start in the Colby assessment. If you've not done it, everybody Mm -hmm. should. And that means I have about a gazillion ideas at any one moment. And so I want to do all of them. In fact, I've actually thought about like releasing one a day. Like Stephanie, stop. It's a recipe for pain. (laughs) Yes, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. So I take a pause and I step back and I'm looking at what are the things in my business that are the most profitable? What are the things in my business that I am getting the process in place where it runs so smooth that if somebody's interested, I can easily get them in. And then I'm pairing that with these collaborative relationships I have with industry experts within the space, which is how my business is run. And I'm leveraging that as a way to showcase that work. So there's a mixture of my own coaching consulting with topics of relevance that will help drive additional revenue streams in the business. And I'm talking all business right now, but reality, it's stuff that the authors need. For instance, photography, videography, websites, those are things that I have a team that can help with but that's not our core Mm -hmm. work. So it's almost like I'm dabbing in both. And I'm also Mm -hmm. listening to the questions that authors are asking me and I'm adjusting accordingly. For instance, the current season that we're in is focused on unique book marketing ideas. That's great, fun. Mm -hmm. But the next season is focused on how you leverage a book to build a business. Well, that wasn't supposed Mm -hmm. to be the next season. I had planned on doing social media for authors, which is a very important topic. But I've adjusted because we have a special event that supports that coming out in August. Most of the authors that are coming to me right now are looking on how they're building a business. So I've created these seasons and I'm planning it all out. Anytime I have a guest or what have you, a collaborative expert on there, like I've got it scheduled, but I have the nimble ability to adjust based on how and what I'm seeing, which is nice. And the seasonal approach lets you lets me feel like I can do that. It gives you so much freedom. Often we recommend a a, a season if someone or if a company is thinking, we know podcasting is good. This is going to be something that is useful for it. But might we hate it? (laughs) Might might it be terrible? (laughs) What if we don't like it? So a season is such a nice way to test the waters. Not necessarily from a a success standpoint. You know, six episodes is not enough time to tell. But it can let you know if you and your team are going to at least sort of enjoy the process, which is really If you don't enjoy it, don't do it. Because people will hear it. You asked feedback of what some of my listeners have said. And I just remember some person told me the energy you have on your podcast is so infectious. And I go, oh, it's because I love doing it. Like I really love podcasting. And she could tell. And that hit with me. The other podcasts, there's some that, I mean, they have great messages and I just don't want to listen to them because I can tell they're reading the script or they're not into it or they don't care as much. It's really transactional. And I think the best podcasts are mm-hmm. not transactional, but relational. Oh, I like that. And I like that. Yeah. And my heart goes out to because there are also some people I will say, and they can't help but read. Some people just cannot no. do off the cuff and they are so passionate about doing it. But I gosh darn it, they are just reading. <laughs> I know. But let me tell you. So I actually do any of the solo episodes. I am 90% reading too. Mm-hmm. Same. Because I've wanted to think through it and make sure that I'm hitting it with like some punch. But I think mm-hmm. it comes down to how good you can do that. So I have a background in theater, which helps a lot. That does help. Yeah. Yeah. And then I did PR for 15 years before I pivoted here Mm -hmm. where I would do a lot of TV interviews. So I'm pretty comfortable in that space, but I realize not everybody else is. And I'm a speaker, right? It's just a part of my DNA. But I also know that you don't have to have have all of that. 
And speakers have this wonderful quality. My favorite thing about speakers is they know when to stop. Is I think the most important quality of a speaker when they're podcasting, they know when to turn it off. And that is good. I know. (laughs) I know. And it's hard because speakers also like to, I hate to say this because I don't really mean this, but kind of, but speakers also like to hear themselves talk. And I'm saying that because like, I don't like to hear it, but you know, anyways, I don't like listening to my podcast, but I have a lot to say. So the power of learning when to stop is a big deal because that Mm -hmm. not what you don't say says as much as what you do many times. It does. Yeah. And I mean, it's a skill to learn and, and a muscle yeah. to flex like any other. And well, it's okay. So we've fairly thoroughly exhausted how you're using these capsule podcasts these season in your own business. And thank you for that, by the way, like yeah. super interesting. I took a whole bunch of notes that I can't wait to Yay. put into action. <laughs> I'd love to talk a little more. Like, have you created capsule seasons or helped authors or the people that you work with create them? Have there been other use cases for them you've seen that have been really interesting or that you thought were really cool? I'd love to hear kind of more stuff. I know. I know, right? It's so much fun. Yes. So actually, the first season of the podcast is on Capsule Podcasts for authors. (laughs) And myself and my Capsule Podcast buddy came together and we actually have an offer for authors. And we go in deep six episodes talking about how authors could consider using a podcast that is unconventional. It's not getting you on a podcast. It's how do you leverage by creating one and doing it in this tight situation. So we talk about how it can be used as a part of a social media push leading up to your book. That's for an external audience. We talk about how you can use it on a platform that a private hosting platform that is a special value add to an internal launch team, which is what can kind of help motivate authors to hit bestseller accolades and such. You know, we talk about how you can use it to springboard a topic or to allow, if you want to go into speaking, meeting planners to hear you. So we're really talking about how do you use a podcast to either build a following if you want to. I think that's what most people think. But we really push the marble and say, yeah, no, I want you to think about how do you use it to be the door opener for something bigger? How can you use it to even do a deep dive in your book? Think of your book and break it into six sections from what was it like to create your book? What was it like to get your characters? Or we do nonfiction, it's not really characters, but how do you pull the themes? You know, all these different topics. So Mm -hmm. we have a system in place where we help authors come up with that strategy. We help them create the artwork. We help them get the music. We edit and whatever. And you get a package, six episodes, and we help you figure out how to leverage them. Some authors, six episodes is perfect. It's all they need. We've worked with some who have decided to use it in preparation for a book launch or in conjunction with a specific month that they're interested in doing. Like there's an author who is oddly enough, also a podcast host, but wanted to look at the capsule podcast concept to do something focused on African-American authors specifically and like kind of a encapsulated process of finding a niche within their niche. And it looks different than their current podcast, which is also awesome. Some authors are using it as like an opt-in. A new idea like that. So this is one of my favorite, using it as an opt-in to their website. Of course, my brain's always thinking of marketing. Well, why wouldn't you, couldn't you have a six episode hidden podcast that is how people get on your email list that only people can get? Oh, that's fun. I know, right? That's very fun. Obviously, that's something I come from the lens of authors, but we also work with authorpreneurs. So we're thinking about it from a business standpoint. I think that also gives authors and just anybody a chance to dabble. Like you said earlier, do they even like it? Did it work? (laughs) It's a low cost, low risk journey to see if you like podcasting. And if you do, awesome. Now you have six episodes to run with. If you don't, you have six episodes to stop with. (laughs) You can go either way. Something that's so nice about a season, whether it's a capsule or or a longer, you know, like a 10, 12 episode season, 
what's nice is if you get to the end of it and you're like, okay, good. I have podcasted and I didn't fail. I didn't pod fade because we set out to do a certain thing and we finished a certain thing. (laughs) Check, 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 check. We did it. Check, check, done. It's done. Yeah. And that's a good feeling too. So you can even just give yourself that twice a year. It's like, okay, let's just go do it. Get it done. And let me add too, because we help authors get on podcasts, like podcast guesting Mm -hmm. is a visibility strategy for our clients. But here's what I always tell them. People who listen to podcasts are more likely to move to another podcast as an action than get Mm -hmm. off the platform. So having even a six episode podcast that is a driver to help them better understand you, your book, your message and take action could actually be a stronger conversion potential than you going and guesting and saying, go visit my website. Because I don't know about you. I mean, I listen to podcasts when I'm driving down the road with my kids or when I'm taking a shower, total TMI, but that's my podcast listening world. And so I don't have time to go, oh, that person was great. I'm just going to go to their website and opt in. No, but Mm -hmm. I may go, oh my gosh, I'm going to link and subscribe to their podcast. And then those six episodes can make me love them more. And then I can sit with it and decide. So it's like another step in the process. That's a really, really good point because, you know, it's, it's very much a truism that, you know, podcast conversions typically suck compared to every other type of conversion that you can try to pursue. But having a podcast, just even a tiny one to ease that friction a little bit is a super, super smart strategy. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> Thank I think you. that's great. <laughs> I think so too. And I feel like I'm living proof of it. So now when I'm on mm-hmm. a, someone else's podcast, like the gut intuition is to direct you to your website. I'm like, just go to my podcast. Just go to my Let's podcast. build a relationship over there. Yeah, I like that. I want to be respectful of your time and you've given us so much exciting information that I'm eager to sit down and digest a little Yay, bit. I'm so glad. Yeah, if you would just give the details on where people can, you know, very obviously find your podcast and the other interesting things that you do, it's the easiest way for people to do that. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously the Empowered Author Podcast is a wonderful one-stop shop for people who are either writing a book, wanting to write a book, have written a book and don't know what to do. And it's really focused on marketing strategies for nonfiction authors, mm-hmm. although fiction authors out there may love it too. And I have actually found that people who haven't written a book find a lot of value in it too. Very generous mm-hmm. there, probably too generous as my team would say, but that's okay. So the Empowered Author Podcast is a great place to go. You can also find us at empowerprgroup.com. It's the name of our business. And if you go there, you'll learn more about our programs, our services. And if you're interested in this capsule podcast idea, you can also learn. We have a landing page there where you can learn more about what that is. We do those for authors, but authorpreneurs, and like I said, many times businesses find us and think it's cool. and We can obviously help them too. But yeah, those are places to go. Learn more about what we offer. You can learn more about me. I am an author myself too. It's funny. We were talking about balance earlier. Do you know my first book was Mm -hmm. about balance? I'm just thinking it's about finding perspective in life by redefining success. So yeah, you can go and enjoy. And I just want to touch on the the bit about overly generous that you were saying. You've got to stop saying it's overly generous. (laughs) Give absolutely everything that you can. The people who are going to hire you, it's better. The more you can let them know about how much work it's going to be, the better it is. I always tell our authors, don't give in, don't give way, don't give up, give value. If you're giving Mm -hmm. value, and like you said, give the best. If you do it, then just what you said, people will fall in love with you, will realize that they'd much rather have you do it than they do it. Or if not, Mm -hmm. I don't know, I live in a world of abundance and I just believe that there is enough. There is enough. So why would I hide what I know, what I you know, have Mm -hmm. learned? Because people have poured into me. So I kind of feel like it's my turn to pour into others. That's lovely. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for your time, for all these excellent insights. I really appreciate it. And for everyone listening, go check out 
what Stephanie's working on, check out the Empower author and all of that great content. And we will see you next time. Thank you. Now let's have our question of the week. How do ads work in podcasts? Lots and lots of podcasts have ads. They can be for your own products and services, for sponsors. They can be ad swaps or promotional exchanges with other podcasters. They could be digitally inserted ads from marketplaces, or they could even be in support of causes and charities that you're involved with. Whatever the content of your ad is, you have to make a few decisions about it. Do you want ads to be baked in as a permanent part of the episode, or do you want them to be dynamically inserted and subject to change at a later date? Dynamic ads that can be changed later are more popular and on balance, better for you as a podcast owner. Your podcast host should let you know if you have that capability. For both permanent and dynamic ads, you can have them either be pre-produced and kind of ready to go and be inserted or host read. Produced means it's recorded separately, often by the person purchasing the ad with its own music and voicing. Host read means that you, as the host of the podcast, are reading the ad. Because of the relationship you have with your audience, host reads are more valuable. The three main places ads tend to go are pre-roll, before the episode, mid-roll, within the content, and there can be multiple mid-roll ad placements, and post-roll, after the episode. Pre-rolls and mid-rolls perform the most effectively according to the latest data from pod sites. And you also need to plan your transitions to and from both baked-in and dynamic ads within your show. That might mean including a note in your main body content that you'll be right back after this and then back to the show or some equivalent. Some people like to use transitional sounds as well as voiceover or instead of it. Your ads should be planned as part of your show structure if you're going to have them. It takes a little extra work and a little extra communication with your production team if you have one, but it's going to sound better if you have created dedicated space within your episodes for advertisements of any kind, whether it's a sponsor, episode promotion for another podcaster, or a note about your own products or services, or a charity or nonprofit organization. Listeners don't love ads, but they are an expected part of many podcasts, and they can be a powerful way to generate revenue and build your relationships in the industry. If you're getting a lot of downloads, or if you have a lot of great relationships with potential sponsors, it's worth exploring the option. The most important thing to remember is that the ads that you release on your show should be as high a quality as the rest of your production. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Business Podcast Blueprint Show. I'm your host, Megan Doherty, and this show was created by the whole team at One Stone Creative. If you're thinking about podcasting for your business, get in touch. We'd love to hear about your plans, and you could reach out through any contact form on onestonecreative.net. That's O-N-E, stonecreative.net. 